And here's a, here's a good story for you. So once I launched my business, I would, I used to pray every day, please God, show me my purpose. Please God, show me God. Am I on my purpose? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this my purpose? Like, oh my gosh, ad nauseum. And then, um, one day I heard one of my coaches, um, speaking and he, he just said, um, he said, your life is your purpose. Stop looking for it. You're already living it and just follow follow where you're led. Welcome to Bridging the Potential, intergenerational conversations that change the world. This is Aaron Johnson, founding member of Living the Potential Network's Youth Advisory Council with a question for you. What happens when you bridge the experience, education, and expertise of an elder with the curiosity, energy, and innate wisdom of a youth? It's simple. Everyone grows and the world changes for the better. One conversation, one connection, and one collaboration at a time. Today's podcast is no different. Renee Beth connected me with Ursula Menchez, who is a sales expert and coach, motivational speaker, five-time best-selling author, among many, many other amazing talents that we didn't get to touch on during this interview. And I've had the pleasure of knowing her for most of my life. I think you'll enjoy our conversation about, well, kind of everything. We talked about how we could discover our life purpose, how to activate the power of intention and manifestation, and how we can learn to trust ourselves on our learning journeys. My favorite part of this podcast was when we both got to share some of the odd synchronicities and coincidences that have happened throughout our lives that have divinely led us to the point where we are today. Hello, this is Renee Beth Poindexter, and this is, I'm the founder of Living the Potential Network, and I'm your host for today. When I wrote the book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, I set out to find ways to create spaces where people could hear what youth have to say. And that's what this podcast is all about. I love these conversations after listening to the youth's dreams and concerns and connect them with a elder or a mentor who has experience and wisdom to share and who is open to learning and receiving from the innovative spirit of the youth, it's reciprocal learning at its best. I always leave these conversations inspired and filled with hope and I think you will too. So today I have two special guests. The first guest I'd like to uh, say is Ursula Menches and uh, the second um, the mentee is Aaron Johnson. We're going to start with Ursula Menches, uh, who's coming to us from Minneapolis. Ursula, so grateful to have you with us. And I'll tell you what, you have been busy in your life. Because when I look at your bio, you are a best-selling, award-winning entrepreneur and author, a sales expert. And you have actually transformed the way people think about selling. And You've been on stages with some of the most um, powerful and successful people. Um, your books have won international awards. <laughs> um, you are a mom. You know, you're constantly inventing and creating new ways to help people be successful and sharing how to speak and communicate. I think it might have something to do with your background. You have a, a bachelor's degree in uh, communications, is that right? Or psychology and communication and a master's in counseling and psychology. And you're an NLP certified coach through the NLP Institute of California. So like I said, you've been busy in your life and we're so grateful to have you with us today. Ursula Menches, thank you for being here. 
I'm so excited to be here, Renee Beth and Erin, and I know we're just going to have so much fun today. Absolutely. Well, to get started, this whole idea is life is a journey. And, you know, where did you start? Where did you grow up? And what were some of the, you know, what should I say, road posts or road signs along the way that's brought you to where you are today? Yeah. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction and, and your kind words. And, you know, when you when I hear that story, you know, it sounds so easy. <laughs> uh, and like, this is like, I'm living kind of the end of some of these stories now. And, and I know that like, when I think back about my journey, it was anything but easy. And so I, um, I grew up on a farm in Southern Minnesota and I loved living on the farm. I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian or a farmer. That was it. And my parents said, go to college and get a good job right? I think a lot of us were told that and my parents hadn't gone to college. And so they really believed in education. And what's amazing is they actually both went later in life, which was, which was really great for them. You know, growing up, just to be really frank is, you know, I had a very quote unquote, interesting childhood. And, you know, I've talked about this in some of my books and it was, um, there was, there was a lot of dysfunction at home. And a lot of people would say to me, Ursula, you're like, you're like a 40 year old <laughs> or you're so mature or you're such a, she's such a good girl. I remember hearing that a lot. And that was really because I learned some coping skills on how to stay safe in my life. And by the time I was 15, I moved out. And what's great about moving out at 15, while that sounds a little bit traumatic, what was great about it is I was able to live with uh, my best friend's family who were instrumental in being a great support to me and my family, right? My parents did the best, the best that they could, right? Every parent does the best that they could at that time, but we all needed some support. And so this family just opened up their arms and, you know, brought me in. And that was a very um, formative moment for me because I started to see other possibilities for my life, for what a family could be like, for what a peaceful home could be like. And it was like, wow, this is what I want, right? And so, um, you know, a few years later, I went to, decided to go to college. And this was really interesting for me too. I, I'd applied to a lot of schools. And one of the social workers who I'd become really close to um, in my life said, you know, you should apply to St. Olaf College, which is a private college here in Minnesota. And I'd never seen, I never saw myself as a someone who could go to a private school. That wasn't part of my life. In fact, a well-meaning adult said, you know, Ursula, you probably shouldn't go to St. Olaf. You won't fit in. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Like projecting that, you know, and I had the wherewithal to really think, I don't think that's about me. So let's go back and look at this. And, and I'm saying this from a point of whether you go to a state school or private school, like you got to pick the school that's best for you. I felt a call. I felt a call that I was supposed to be at St. Olaf once I visited. And the social worker, Marsha, wrote this letter of recommendation for me, which was like, I read it and I was like, oh my gosh, like this woman has stepped up to really support me. And I had done well, really well in high school. That was one thing I was good at. So mm -hmm. um, I had leadership skills. I'd done well in school because that's one, you know, one area where I could shine, where it was very safe for me. And so, um, so I did, I stepped into this other world of St. Olaf. And that was a life-changing moment because all of a sudden, again, I was introduced to a different world, different people, and I started to shift my beliefs about what it meant to be successful, what it meant to be money, to have money, that maybe it was okay to have money. And I got to meet this whole new group of people who many of them, I'm still 
great friends with today and who were also very formative in my journey. So fast forward, I graduate from St. Olaf with a liberal arts degree in psychology and communication, which I then realized that I didn't have a lot of options. <laughs> I was working at Pier 1 Imports making $6.25 an hour. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is not going to get me you know, to where I want to go. And one day my friend Jana, who was an econ major from St. Olaf, she came to me and she said, she said, Urs, one of my best friends, she called me Urs, Urs, I have an opportunity for us. And I thought, ooh, do tell. So here's Jana, econ major from St. Olaf. We're both working at Pier 1 Imports. And I said, what's this opportunity? She said, well, my aunt and uncle just sold their company to IBM for multi, multi millions. And they're empty nesters now. And they gave us the opportunity to go, we can go and live with them for free. And we'll be transferred from the Burnsville, Minnesota Pier 1 Imports to the Boulder, Colorado Pier 1 Imports. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> there was one caveat though. I'm very close to my mom. And um, my mom is a thriver. She has been through a lot in her life and has been, um, always saw a bigger vision for me than I could hold. And I went to my mom and I'm like, you know, Jan and I have this opportunity and I don't, I don't know what to do. And she looked at me and she said one word that I'll never forget. Cause this is a woman who's, who went through it. I don't have to tell her her whole story, but just know she went through it, came out the other side and she said, go. And I'll never forget that moment because she could have said, stay, like, you know, I, I want you to be around here. And she said, go. And to all those parents who say go, you know, I salute you because now that I have a seven-year-old, that's going to be one of the hardest things I'm ever going to have to utter out of my mouth is go. And so I did. We moved, you know, two states over <laughs> and moved in with our aunt and uncle who were these incredible, again, these people who showed up in my life, these incredible human beings, so generous. You know, I saw wealth in a different way. I saw kindness in a different way. And we were, I got to know them in one day, and this is one of those forks in the road. Um, Jana's uncle sat me down and he's like, you know, what are your plans? And I said, oh, you know, I think I want to go to law school. I don't have money to pay for it, but I'm, you know, I'm figuring that out. I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, I didn't know. And he said, yeah, you know, you want to talk about that? And I said, yeah. And he said, you know, Carol and I would love to pay for that for you. Well, the Lutheran farm kid in me did not have the capacity to accept that level of gift. And I said, well, I could never I couldn't accept that. I mean, I appreciate it. I can't believe you're even offering this to me. I, I, I can't, like there's nothing in me that could receive that. And he said, I understand and I respect you. May I offer you some advice? And I said, yes, please. And, and this is what he said, and I'll never forget it. He said, get a job in outside sales and you can do anything. You'll have enough money to go to law school. You can start your own company. It was like he was teaching me how to fish, right? I said, Will, that'd be great. I don't know anything about outside sales. I'm a psych and communications major. I don't know, like, I don't even know where I'd start. He said, don't get confused about the how in this moment. He goes, just get your resume ready and trust when I tell you, you'd be phenomenal in sales. He said, I've hired a lot of salespeople. This is, would be great for you. I listened, I filled out my, I updated my um, resume. He asked me to send it to him. I didn't send it right away. Instead, I went back to work at Pier 1 Imports. I hadn't had time to send it. And that day changed my life because a woman came through wearing a really nice business suit. We were chatting. She's like, what are you doing in you know, Boulder? And I said, well, you know, I'm here for a little bit. I moved from Minnesota and I'm actually looking for a job in outside sales because I thought I might as well say it out loud, right? <laughs> so she said, right we're hiring. Are you interested? And I said, what do you sell? And she said, computer training and consulting. And a little voice inside me said, you don't know anything about that. And then 
that voice did not come out of my mouth. Um, I just thought, you know what, why not? Like, why not just go? Will said, just keep going. So, so I went home and I told Will and I said, you know, we're going to believe this. Like this woman is, uh, you know, and we looked up the company. He said, go interview, just interview. It's good practice. He goes, I'll share your, your resume around as well. The long and short of it is they hired me. I still don't know why. They asked me the funniest questions. They were these gentlemen from um, Canada who are still some of my mentors and friends today. They asked me things like, what do you think about the three stooges? Like, I'll never forget that question. And I just died laughing. And I, you know, we talked about it and they made an offer. I started, it was 24,000 a year plus commission. You would have thought I had won the lottery. And then I started my job and I hated everything about selling. And here was an inspiration point. So I'm being a good student and went out and read every book I could on sales and selling from Brian Tracy's The Psychology of Selling to Jeffrey Gittimer's The Sales Bible. And then I found this book by the late, Wayne, now late um, Dr. Wayne Dyer called The Power of Intention. Right. The book changed my life. And so instead of making 100 cold calls every day on a tick sheet, which was my job, I started to make 25 intentional calls every day with the intention to get two appointments. And I started to crush it. And I took the pressure off myself. And well, I kept wait, hearing wait, Will's wait, voice. I want to yeah. just say that all of what you just shared is something that you've put into your books. You know, <laughs> there's something about synchronicity and intention that are two of your key books that are related to your life story about how to be with people. I mean, was that a coincidence that that woman just showed up in the store or would that fall in the category of synchronicity where you, for the first time, would announce what it is that you wanted to do? Yeah, I would call that a synchronicity, right? And Carl Jung coined that term. He said a synchronicity is a meaningful coincidence, right? Where we see a connection. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I just wanted to make sure, because I don't think I mentioned the names of your books earlier. And yet this is exactly meeting Wayne Dyer, who's an amazing mentor to me as well. Um, this intention. Uh, so the power of intention and how do you create that it shifted from an automatic transactional exercise of going through a list of names to choosing 25 people and interacting with them to discover something with yes. intention. Is that right? Exactly. It, all I was calling them to do was find out if I could solve their problem. And I figured if I made 25 intentional calls every day, two of them would have a problem I can solve. And part of that was shifting, you know, this, this was a new belief, right? I took on this new belief because the old belief that was given to me by well-meaning um, sales managers was sales is a numbers game. And it's just not, it's not a numbers game unless you want to work really hard and make feel like, you know, make up the story that you have to make a hundred calls every day to get to your goal. Well, that wasn't fun for me. So I made up a new story <laughs> that said, when I make 25 intentional cold calls, and these were cold calls, meaning these people had no idea who I was, 25 intentional cold calls every day, I would get two appointments because I needed 10 appointments a week. And I just, I just started to believe that this was my new formula and it was working. Yeah, it worked so well that somehow or another you became president of the company at age 27. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So the next five years, I went from being an outside sales rep to um, sales manager, branch manager, regional manager, executive vice president. And then by the time I was 27, I was they named me president, which is actually my second book, One Great Goal, which kind of ties all these things together. One Great Goal is like more like the life book that I wrote. And that's for everybody. That's about figuring out your one great goal. And at that time, my one great goal was to become president when I was of the company. U.S., maybe later. Um, <laughs> so I made the decision when I was 23, though. I remember sitting down with my husband, who was my boyfriend then, Tim, and I said, you know, I kind of want to be president someday. 
And Tim didn't skip a beat. And he's like, of course you should be president of this company. Why not you? And so here we were these two 23 year olds, like just making all these decisions about what was next. And I don't take it lightly that it happened. I mean, I wrote it down. I was focused on it. I kept intending for it. And then by the time I was 27, it happened. Pretty amazing. So this idea of straight, I'm sure this is one of the things that we'll be talking about with um, Aaron about beliefs and, and really getting in the zone about creating the game you wanna play. Is that right? So, yes. Yeah, so in terms of what you're doing today, um, it's like if you look back to where you are today, I'm not going to ask you how old you are today, but let's just say there still could be time for you to be president of the United States, you know, <laughs> we're, we're paving the way for and you know yeah. what I think that um, Colorado uh, gentlemen who encouraged you to go into sales at that, that it was like a fork in the road, you were either going to go to law school or going to sales. And if you go into sales, you could pay for law school. So it was like a strategy. So mm -hmm. you went that way and then you discovered something even bigger than what you thought you were going into sales for. Could you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I started to love selling. Like once I cracked the code and I started to grow, you know, after I grew a sales territory in about eight months, very successfully. And then I got promoted to branch management when I was 23. And so I took on a new a branch and I grew a million dollar, uh, you know, revenue, a million dollars in annual revenue in one year. So $83,333 a month. That was my goal. And, and we got there. And so it was, I started to realize that I'm kind of good at this. Like, I didn't know that this was a thing. I learned how to read a PL report. What I didn't know, it was like getting an MBA on steroids. Like I learned business from these incredible mentors that I had. And they just let me run it like, like it was my own business. So it was, that was also one thing that really served me is they allowed me to be super entrepreneurial. And I didn't, I just didn't know that at the time, how that was going to serve me later. But, um, so I learned, I just, I learned how to build P and L's and build successful, um, successful revenue models, which equaled profitable P and L's and profitable businesses. Yeah, exactly. And it was a great way to use your education because, um, you know, when you think about solving people's problems and how many conversations you have that, that, BA in communications and psychology came in handy. How did the NLP fit in? Yeah, so I, after I left the company, um, I went out and did some consulting for six months for another company. I had this big identity crisis of, I wanted to be the president of the next, somebody else's company. And so all these recruiters were saying, you're 27, you're too young. Like there is, you have to start over basically. And I was like, well, that's silly. And then my husband's like, start your own company, start your own company, start your own company. And so finally, after six months after leaving that company, I did, I started my own company. And, um, that was really the catalyst for, you know, opening up what was next for me. And I didn't, I didn't know it at the time. I mean, I didn't know. And then um, I wanted, I knew I wanted to be a coach. Like I, I can remember sitting in, when I was the president of the company, sitting by myself in an office and I, I felt like something was ending. Like I knew this was coming to an end for me, this journey. And I kept hearing about coaching and I kept thinking, man, I would love to do that. Cause that's all I do all day long in my, this office and this position as president of the company, I'm constantly coaching all my employees. So I started to explore that. So at the same, this is one thing I don't tell a lot about the story is the same time I decided to become an NLP certified coach. NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. I also went to law school for about six months. Like I had to, I had to get that out of my system. And I, 
did not like it at all. What I did love is learning a lot about contracts that has served me really well in my business. Like I can read a contract, like nobody's business now. And I like, the, you know, I learned a lot. Um, and then I was like, oh, I'd never want to do this. Like I want to hire attorneys, not be an attorney. <laughs> and so, but the NLP piece came in because I wanted to become a coach and the NLP certification as a coach was very intriguing because I got both the NLP and the coaching cert through the International Coaches Federation through, um, for the NLP Institute of California in San Francisco. And I, what I wanted to understand is why some people get phenomenal results really quickly in whatever they choose and why others struggle. And I knew like, I just, there were pieces that I was missing to be of, you know, the best coach that I could be. And I just, I just felt called to that information. And one of two of the things that I use still to this day in the area of NLP is shifting limiting beliefs. Anytime you come to any of my classes or any of my coaching programs, we're constantly clearing blocks around sales, money, um, what's possible for you, what you deserve. And then the other tool that I use from my NLP training is what it calls what we call future pacing. It's using your subconscious, you probably know what this, using your subconscious mind to work backwards from the end result you want because your your subconscious doesn't know the difference of what it's seeing. So that helps us really um, help our clients blow the blocks out between clearing blocks and, and future pacing. And then they start, their subconscious starts working immediately on their goal. That's perfect. Yeah. I'm familiar with the NLP and when, yeah, I, it's been life-changing as a matter of fact. A lot of what I wrote about in my book about the new models for learning has NLP as the base. In other words, understanding how to create your own learning styles and know how to match how your learning style matches with others and bringing that forward. It's phenomenal. Now, you know, one more thing, and I want to just, you know, I want to bring Aaron in because uh, as you know, uh, well, I think I'll just throw this in with Aaron right now. Yeah. Aaron Johnson, I'd love for you to introduce yourself and share some of your story. And tell us what is it about Ursula's story that interests and inspires you and what would you like to learn from her today? Yeah, so um, I'm 17. I'm in Oregon at the moment. I grew up in Southern California. And um, I guess relating to this conversation, I was always steeped in business and entrepreneurship. I think the first time that I really, you know, kind of figured it out was, well, my mom talks about this. And I still remember that day, like we had one of our first garage sales and I had like this little toy register. And I wanted to be the one that like went around and like help people like bid and, you know, and not bid, but, you know, um, barter and uh, talk about, you know, how much things would be. And my mom was like, oh, I don't know. But, you know, I would come back and be like, here, mom, put it in the register. She'd be like, wow. Um, you can do that, you know, and um, beyond that, I never really fostered that like business leadership part of me, but um, I was always, I've always been like an entrepreneur. So I moved up here, um, found a great school. Um, when I could, I did like freelancing. Um, I did transcription. Um, I did some graphic design for Renee Beth. Um, and I, you know, just did some editing from from my mom's business sometimes just whatever I could do just to get like a little experience and they weren't like my favorite things to do but I liked working and I liked like um I guess talking with people about what they need and how I can help them get to their goal you know and um, see a bigger picture of that and that's always been me 
And um, now here I am, I was last year, I guess I was at the crossroads of college in the middle of a pandemic or um, my own, the, the other way, which is like, you know, more branches, right? Or, or branches maybe that you can't see. Um, but I decided that uh, that didn't sound fun. And if I wasn't gonna, you know, have fun and enjoy, you know, learning what I was learning and how I was doing it, because I like online school, not my thing at all. And um, if I'm gonna do college, still in the book, still in the cards, possibly, but you know, right now I think I'm gonna focus on finding another way. So, like last year, I um, I've been working with Renee Beth. I'm her administrator for living the potential and I like we were looking we're trying to find solutions for some things that we're doing with the back end stuff and the structure like for you know getting people in a community and networking them together and we found this like platform that solves all our problems and now like I loved it so much like the technology part and the strategizing part and the content part like it was just all in my DNA and I was like doing it really like fast and it was really fun to learn. And then I decided to just turn into my own business. And that's what I've been really working on the last um, 30 days. Uh, yeah, about 30 days, just maybe 31, just getting it off the ground. Um, and at the moment, I have like the website, I have the branding, I have the model and my offerings, like it's all there and like my funnels all set up. And um, Ursula, in terms of her, like in my life, I've known her for like, as long as I have a memory um, pretty much. And uh, with, through my mom and uh, she's always been an inspiration in terms of like leadership and um, just being confident in like, you know, you're like this salesperson, but I see you as like, we call you like the angel around here. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like you are like a little angel, like you are helping people left and right. And you're also helping people find out who they like, what they really want to do and then be awesome change maker, which is just like the best thing ever, like through their work and even and make money while they're doing it. Like, you know, and um, I guess my biggest thing right now is, you know, starting a business just like a month ago, what are your top tips for me and like, other youth in my shoes who are young and like relatively new to entrepreneurship because I'm sure right now I'm not the only one who was like screw college right now I'm gonna go find a career or start my own thing you know yeah such a great question and Aaron it's been such an honor to know you since I mean I can remember when you were running around rooms when your mom and I were speaking on stages together and mm -hmm. like you were just always there hanging out and what's cool is you were absorbing everything right like you were just taking it all in. Um, yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I'm super excited that you got to hang out at the quantum revenue expansion course, because that can be kind of a wild ride. So that I'm glad you were there. And you're going to be hanging out at sales camp, which is one of our courses. Ooh. And yeah. Um, and Renee Beth, we have to talk about like, it's going to turn into a digital course and happy to gift your youth community with with um, free access to sales camp. So we can talk That's about awesome. that at some point. That's awesome. And so Erin, I mean, like you're doing all the things like you're doing what I see right now. And just, I mean, of course I get like insider information from your mom about what you're cranking out and like, you know, I see her posts and like what she's talking about, how excited she is for you and what's happening. So I feel like you're, you're already doing a lot of it, right? You set up the business model mm -hmm. and now, 
Um, I think you're already talking to more clients or more prospects. Um, I'm excited to help you fine tune that. So I, I think, and I love what you're saying about things are different right now, right? We're coming out of the pandemic and I agree with you. I, I definitely think um, there's a lot of 16, 17 year olds right now, like you, 15 year olds as well, who are thinking, um, maybe I want something different, right? Maybe, maybe there's something, maybe there's a slightly different path or, you know, what's that going to look like? And I think that that's for all of us coming out of the pandemic. I think we're all questioning like what we used to think and what we want to create now. And life feels different, right? I don't know. It feels like it feels more precious. It feels like, you know, this is the time to really align with what we want. So I think a lot of that to say, you're already doing it. And if I could give you um, any insight into what I wish I would have known, the first thing would be um, to not have to figure it all out today, like, to not get stuck in the how. Because so many of us, you know, whether we're 17 or 77, if we want to start a business, a lot of times we go straight to, but I don't know how. I have no idea how I would do that. I don't have the money. Who am I to do it? Um, it's, I don't know anything about business. Like we make up a lot of stories about why we can't. And what's great about where you are is you haven't, you know, and I'm sure this is a testament to growing up in the home you've grown up in and being surrounded by a lot of people. That, like you don't have a lot of that negative programming about what's not possible for you, which I think is really awesome. And so, you know, for someone who's listening, who might have that, you know, that's, that's the first place to start is to give yourself permission, just like Aaron has, right? Like that. Yes, I can. I deserve this. I deserve to create whatever the heck I want in the world, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. it's at my fingertips. And, and so that's the place I would start. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I think that I have definitely, my parents were very careful about like that negative programming in terms of like the limiting beliefs, like you talk about. Um, I did have moments in my life that created that for me, not necessarily because other people put it on me, but because I uh, failed at what I was doing in that moment. And it was, you know, and I didn't pick it back up. Like I've started like some projects before that didn't pan out either like I got I wasn't motivated anymore or just flopped and uh, was it going to work like I didn't think it through and like now I I had this idea for the business I'm doing now and like everything kind of clicked in terms of who I am and what I want to do right now and then like all the ideas for it kind of just exploded out of me like my mom was talking to me and she was like oh my God, like, she's looking at my website. She's like, you did what I did in a year, in a month, you know? And that's just because I had all these experiences that built me up for, to do this really fast. And I knew I could do it because I had already done a lot of these things before, either from observing other people. So it was easy for me to do, or I did small parts of it other places and just imploded <laughs> a little bit in what I was doing. And I also had a lot of awesome help and I think like um, my uh, current like monthly expenses, I don't know, I guess I would ask, how did you know when what you were doing is what you were meant to do? Because I think that's where a lot of people get stuck. Like when I, when I think about my other projects is, you know, it wasn't really aligned with who I was at that point, but it was exciting. You know, it was exciting for a while and then it, 
dropped off, but this feels, you know, this feels different. So how did you know, or how do you know when you start doing new things that it's the right thing? Yeah, so I definitely don't always oh, know. Oh, awesome. Well, that's fine. <laughs> and here's a, here's a good story for you. So once I launched my business, I would, I used to pray every day, please God, show me my purpose. Please God, show me, God, am I on my purpose? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this my purpose? Like, oh my gosh, ad nauseum. And then um, one day I heard one of my coaches um, speaking and he, he just said, um, he said, your life is your purpose. Stop looking for it. You're already living it and just follow, follow where you're led. And that was a big breakthrough for me because I stopped thinking it was outside of me and realized that it was inside of me and to follow the prompts, the nudges, the guides, the signs, the, all the things that were already magically showing up around me. And that my purpose wasn't one thing. It was evolving, it was changing, it was shifting. And then I heard another mentor because I listened to every training and I read every book under the sun that, was, that I was drawn to. And she said, if you wanna know your purpose, just look at your bookshelf. And I thought, oh my goodness, of course I ran over to my bookshelf and I was like, what's on my bookshelf? <laughs> and there were books about selling, business and spirituality. Well, that's what I was doing, right? That's in, that encompassed how I was living, what I was sharing with my clients. And so, so both of those, the one, the one mentor or coach who said, you know, your purpose is already inside of you. Like it's, it's guiding you, right? It's, it's like, it's there, stop looking for it outside of you. And then the other one who said, if you want an indicator, look at your bookshelf, because you know, that there's some, there's some clues there, but all of those things were already inside of me, right? Like my love, my love of spirituality and feeling drawn to studying it, my love of sales and business, right? That was all inside of me. And so those were the things that really helped, helped me. How does that resonate with you? Yeah, for sure. Like you don't, that's, that's how I felt about it. And then like, I had like an epiphany sort of moment, you know, like a few days, like, do you ever have that? Like, yeah, like a big aha and what you're thinking about doing, like you're planning outside. Yeah. Yeah. I'd just like to say that um, this concept that it's inside, it, that the learning journey mm -hmm. comes from the inside out is antithetical to the way we've been programmed to think about learning. <clears throat> mm -hmm. um, so the sooner we get that message that you actually are unfolding your genius mm -hmm. and that it's inside of you and that to trust that it's unfolding. And like, I think there's a couple of things that you were saying earlier about your story, Ursula about having a question, you know, and then seeking, you know, like, where's the question come from? You know, it's like, was that just your intellect or is it your mind and your heart connecting? That's asking the question and then being really comfortable not knowing and then being comfortable with this, what's emerging and being aware, you know, it's like being aware, I think is that spiritual element that we've had it all along. It's just, we've been looking, you know, we've been looking for the answers before we had the question. Would you yes. say that's true? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like I, so the word desire means of the sire or of God, right? So, you know, our desires, I believe are divine downloads. They come in and we have this heart desire. We have these things that we're called to do and we feel that. And then when we don't follow that, the questions or the nudges, then I, you know, I think life starts to get kind of, kind of gray when we're shutting that down and I'm pointing to my heart, like, I feel like our desires come from our heart, but they're divine downloads. And we're all like, one thing I'm so clear on now 
And, and I want to make sure, you know, I respect every religion, spiritual belief, like wherever you get that information, wherever that comes from you, for you, um, no judgment on that. Like just notice where that shows up for you. And when you're being pulled, when you feel it in your heart and when you feel you get that idea, like you're being, you're, you're being led. Mm. We're, we're being led by, you know, I like to think of them as forces that are unseen or things that we can't see, but they're in our heart. Right. And the fact, like the sooner, like, I wish I would have known that because I really struggled. I was so external for so long. I was looking outside of myself for my purpose, my path, all the things. And I was like, Oh, it's inside of me. And now I just get that. Now I just follow, like, what is my heart calling for? Like, I love to ask that because now I live in a state of peace. I don't worry about where the next dollar is coming from or the next client. I know that that money is, is a gift from the divine. It comes from the divine through people to me. And that takes the stress of that off because I know like, it's just always flowing and I'm here to serve. And when I remember that I'm led the next right thing. That's beautiful. I'm just curious, you know, cause you got that degree in psychology and communication and then NLP and all of it. And it's like a lot of people are getting the intellectual knowledge and I know Aaron, you know, Aaron is really a quick study and just about everything he does, you know, it's like he could choose to be excellent at anything he's choosing, but I think he's, you know, what I'm witnessing is that he's trusting himself at a much earlier age than a lot of people that have to go through a lot of, you know, gray days as you're talking about before they take the leap, you know, to really look inside and bring that forward. He's, he's a, Maybe it's this age group in general, but I'm just noticing Aaron is, uh, you know, he's a leader and he's been designing his learning, you know, self-designing his learning and his choices all along. So it's no big surprise that, uh, you know, he's got this business going already, a website and uh, all of it. So the other key thing, Aaron, I'm wondering is, um, what was it that you heard that Ursula shared about who the people showed up in her life to be that were instrumental in the choices she made? Um, was that by divine design or was that out of her natural seeking of adventure? You know, I'm just mm -hmm. curious. What do you think about that question? Well, I think it's probably a little bit of both, right? Like you can't, you know, you have to be open and seek the you know, uh, maybe you don't need to be seeking that next person, but you need to be open for them to come in, right? Like, I think, Ursula, you talk about you need the container for things to flow in, like money or, you know, what, like your desire in terms of, you know, um, all that stuff. And um, I think it's, I think it's that. And it's also, I do, like, personally, I do think some of it is divine because when I look back you know it's hard to think about that in the moment when you meet this person you're like oh they're perfect for me that's cool and then like a year or two later you're like oh wow like if I didn't know this person that would have been so much different maybe so much harder maybe you know like now I'm in a place where I really feel like I belong you know and like knowing that is the best part of I don't know, just like growing in general, right? And then like trusting that the next right thing will come to you. Mm -hmm. and that's what I've started to learn in terms of what you're talking about, like Renee Beth is just, and from my mom too, it's like, we're taken care of. It's like, we, there's no need to worry about the next right thing. 
I know that there's a lot of um, youth. I know a lot of youth right now that are only doing the next thing that they, you know, think is right because they're told it's right because there's no, especially right now, there's like, there's no way that they know how to trust themselves with like what they're already good at and with what they already want to do. So it's like they're falling into different pathways and modes that they haven't really thought about or really felt out all the way. They just, you know, they're just going into it, you know, maybe, maybe not completely trusting it. So. So, you know what, that lends itself to a question because Ursula is a mom, Mm -hmm. you know, she's an amazing business owner, entrepreneur, writer, uh, you know, and always, you know, creating the next amazing new project that we all get to benefit from. But I'm wondering, what's the question of how do you combine it all? And how does it impact the way you parent? Because you mentioned you have a seven-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, how does that fit in? I, I would call it like the integrative question. It's like bringing yeah. all of who you are to everything you do. And when you listen to Aaron, and you think about your seven-year-old and who you are as a parent, and, mm-hmm. you know, and how Aaron is, you know, there's something there about Aaron's been able to design a relationship with adults in his life, mm-hmm. you know, that encourages him. So I think there's a question in there for you, Ursula, that, you know, you could play with a little bit. So many things. Well, first and foremost, um, Aaron's mom, Amanda, is one of my soul sister's best friends on the planet. Like we have spent lifetimes together, I'm sure of it. So I had the benefit of Amanda going first <laughs> and I got to witness Amanda and your dad, Ryan, um, you know, raising you, Aaron, that's, I don't even like that term, but like, um, facilitating your journey, maybe that's a better way to say it. And, um, I got to be a witness of that. And I, um, we, my husband and I, we wanted to, we wanted a family. It didn't happen for us for a long time. And then we thought, well, you know, maybe we'll adopt. Um, Cause that would be great too. And so we started looking into the adoption process. And then I was standing on a stage in Riverside, California in front of 400 beautiful souls delivering a keynote. And suddenly I needed a glass of water and to sit down. And I found out the next day I wasn't dying. Instead, I was going to have a baby. And so this child was um, a miracle in that we he, we didn't expect that he was going to show up. I mean, I like to expect a lot of things, but we didn't know he was going to be joining us on the planet. And I share that because the, the other thing though, is, you know, there are people who hold our dreams and beliefs with us. And one of those people, Aaron was your mom. And I still have this, um, I'm going to try not to get choked up. She, your mom gave me a, um, it's like a little snow globe and it has, I should have brought it down here. um, It has a baby in it and the baby's like climbing up on something. And she wrote me this beautiful note that was like, you know, um, hold on to this dream. And so she was one of the great encouragers of, of, of me doing that. So all that to say, like, um, Lucas showing up in the world was certainly a miracle and made me believe a lot of things that I didn't believe before. And Erin watching you grow up and how your mom, like she gave me so many, so much advice, but so much, it was what, just how I witnessed how she was with you that, um, was so powerful for me. And your mom, of course, 
you know, has studied so much about personal development, self-development. She's also an educator and she's also super brilliant. I know she was a gifted child. I mean, like so many things, right? And so she had so much to bring to you. And yet at the same time, the flip side of your mom um, is that she has shared her parenting journey so honestly in her books, right? About what was also hard about parenting, which I can absolutely hundred percent relate to because Luca is this amazing soul who is a gifted child who has shown up on the planet and has so much to give. And his parents have had to grow 10 feet taller <laughs> to figure this all out. Um, we are humbled every single day about what we don't know. And we have so many people around us who are supporting us so that we can give Luca the best. And I will say, so back to your question, Renee Beth, really my journey made, and, and having him later in life was a gift because of all the personal development work Tim and I had done, but I'm still not prepared to be a parent, right? You're still not, you don't know what that's gonna be like. But one of the things I was really conscious of is at a very young age, knowing that before the age of seven, right? Your subconscious takes in everything. And so, you know, Tim and I tried to be very conscious of what, what we said to him and how we said it. And of course there were days when we were imperfect parents who raised our voices and did all the things that all the wrong things we're not supposed to do. Um, and then one of my healer friends said, you know, Ursula, there's also this thing called contrast in the world you know, your son's not going to be exposed to perfect human beings every day. So for you to be a normal person is also okay. And I was like, oh, good. Right. I thought I had to be this perfect parent, but, and so key words that we use with Luca a lot, like I'll say, what's your intention today? Like he knows what that means now, or what's your goal or fill in the blank. And most recently, um, Luca's a beautiful artist and he does a lot of painting. I just, I recently posted something on Facebook, one of his paintings, but he stopped, he stopped for a while. I think it was because of the pandemic. I think it was because of the frustration of not getting the art as perfect as he wanted it to. A lot of reasons. So anyway, I posted this picture. There's this beautiful woman that I'm also connected to because of your mom, Erin. And she reached out and she said, um, she didn't know, like, we'd had kind of a rough day without going into a lot of detail. And she just, she just had this intuitive hit to reach out to us. And she's like, I'd love to commission some art from Luca. And then we ended up having this beautiful conversation privately about what was up and all the stuff. And she's like, I knew I needed to reach out. She's like, do you think Luca would, you know, um, someone's painting. So I went and I talked to Luca about it. And he said, you know, he said, mom, I'd like to, I'd like to sell my paintings for $10. And I want to give 50% of it to that organization that makes sure kids have school lunch. Like, he's, he's heard that during this pandemic time, there are kids who don't have food. Oh, gets me choked up. Right. Cause I can't even imagine that. And so, so he, um, just has this socially conscious part of him that, um, this big heart, which he's always had. And it just, it just makes me so happy because, you know, Renee Beth, the work that you're doing and Aaron, what you're up to on the planet, it's like the youth that are here. I mean, they have big hearts, they're socially conscious. They're like, they're going to change the world. And so it's just been fun. So anyway, we're starting his, his side business now. And, um, okay, well, um, just wait one uh, second in case the yeah. learner, in case the listeners did hear the early part of this story. How old is Luca now? He's seven. Okay. He's seven. And you're holding him as a whole being that's unfolding his genius and co-creating with him what is his to be and do which is a lot different than a lot of, you know, people who are out there struggling as a parent. They may not have even thought that that's possible. You know, I just want to really acknowledge you for that. And I think that's also the way Aaron has been brought up that he, you know, as he's been facilitated by awake adults who 
saw him as their teacher in a way, like who is this being and how can I support him mm-hmm. so that he can bring forward his gifts and talent and we can continue to grow together. That's a completely different parenting style, I think, than a lot of people. You know, and they say parents are their child's first teacher. So Ursula, you know, seven-year-old artist, you know, with commission <laughs> business. But the part is that he wants to, he's already thinking about how can I be a contribution to solve a problem that other kids are facing? It's like, where did that come from? You know, he is meant to be on the planet. Like this, there was a friend. So this is so, what's so amazing. There was a friend of mine who a year before Luca was born said, and she's very intuitive. And she said, your son is coming. And I was like, no, like, I feel like that ship has kind of sailed. I mean, I was almost 40 and I just, we were told that ship sailed. Right. And she said, no, your son is coming. And also my, my stepdad who had passed away probably like a year before that, she said, and this is someone who's very intuitive. And she just said, you know, I've connected with Roger, my stepdad, and he's hanging out with this five-year-old who's, who's coming. And she described my stepdad. She described Luca to a T and here's what's even wilder. By the way, I met her through Amanda, but that's not the wild part. The wild part is Luca was born on her birthday. This woman who told me, and three months later I was pregnant. And then he was born on her birthday. Like I can't even make this stuff up. So, I mean, we're all here for a purpose, there were signs and signals. Like I knew whoever this child was that was coming in had big plans on the planet. And my job, my job is to create a container and a space for him to bring forth his gifts. Like I'm just really clear on that. And I want to also be really clear, not a perfect parent, like messed up a lot of stuff already. You know, um, we have a lot of, a lot of people around us who support us. We need a lot of support for that. But at the same time, like, you know, it's easier Aaron probably right like when there's only one there's only I only have one so I can give this one a lot you know Tim and I give him we can give him a lot of the things that he needs but um his journey onto the planet was was I'm just I had to be I was in awe like I was a witness right I was a witness and I feel like I have been given the the like he came to us you could say maybe he chose us, depends on how spiritual you want to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to facilitate his journey. Like I've been very clear on that before he was born right. and very clear every day. And then an honor, like such an honor to hang out with the soul. Just like, you know, Amanda's and Ryan have felt with you, Aaron, like just an honor to be on this journey with you and all that you have taught them. Wow. So Erin, this is quite amazing because the whole idea of learning how to integrate all of who you are into everything you do with support, you're surrounded by amazing mentors. Um, We're going into the sales camp with Ursula next week. I wonder if you have any thoughts or questions about that or anything related to your business because we have a few more minutes before we close this, uh, go into the closing part. So Sure. I'm bring it back to you. So I did have, you know, speaking about all the woo-woo stuff, everyone's probably like listening. They're like, ooh, that's interesting. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And I and I had like this thing come through. The only question I actually wrote down, um, Ursula, when you're talking about like how you hated everything about selling, like I don't like selling either. You know what I mean? Like in the classic terms and like what everyone talks about selling. Like I sometimes I feel like I feel icky about the word like selling people, you know what I mean? Um, so 
like, how do I get people to work for me? Because it, you know, work with me um, in a way that like, doesn't make me feel icky and like pressuring. And, you know, like, I feel like I don't want to be trying to manipulate them to get to where I want them to go. You know what I mean? And, and just, you know, how do I, what do you, what do you suggest for that? So I don't hate selling and then I get good at it, you know? Yeah. So good. It's exactly where we start out at sales camp too, with the mindset piece. So this is, first of all, you're not alone. This is where we all really start, especially if we're heart-centered entrepreneurs and people who really care about what our clients are up to, whether we sell a product or a service. Like if you didn't, if you didn't care, I would be concerned, right? So that mm-hmm. the fact that you do care, look at that as a strength because you want to make a difference for your clients. And the truth is because of that, you could never be pushy or manipulative manipulative because it's not in you. Like you would back off of the sale the second you started to feel like that. Well, one of the things that I've, I've learned is that, you know, we have to, I, as a sales coach, um, have learned that if I don't start there with clients, like this, this really, it's a concern about being pushy or manipulative, right? Like I don't want to be perceived as being the pushy follow-up, you know, salesperson, which is a, you know, the used car salesman is that whole Right. Um, belief that we have in our society. Mm-hmm. By the way, one of my best friends was a used car salesperson and she crushed it. She worked at John Elway Ford in Colorado. So again, I say that with like, when you care about your clients, you're, mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to come through. So we shift that belief about, I don't want to be a pushy salesperson by saying what's not true about that. So Aaron, let's, let's talk about that. What are three things that aren't true about you being a pushy salesperson? Mm. Well, um, I mean, I probably would, like, I haven't been in too many situations where like, I would be, have that option. Right. Right. So I, first of all, you're right. I actually don't like when I get to that point, I'll be like, all right, never mind, No pushy, you know? Um, but also that, I guess that's not the, the second thing would be, that's not the only way right. to do things. Right. Right. And then what's not true. Uh, I guess you know, I don't know how they feel. Like, it's just how I'm feeling about something. Right. So like, like, just because I feel a certain way doesn't mean that they feel a certain way. And I don't want to, I don't want to have that, you know, I need to, I don't need to be fearful of that. Maybe I can be more clear about like, how are you feeling about this or yeah, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. First of all, you're going to love sales camp. We're going to knock out all of this and you're going to get strategies and scripts to make it so easy for you to have this conversation all the things that you talked about, right? You couldn't be a pushy salesperson because you, you know, you're not, your personality isn't what I would call pushy, right? You're there to ask questions and solve their problem. And that's what I want you to think about selling as I'm there to solve a problem. And if I can help you, awesome. I'd love to. And if I can't, then maybe I can refer you to somebody else. Like you can even say that. So it's very, you know, you're very, you come from a very committed, but detached perspective of, I want to help. And if I can, great. And if I can't, that's okay too. And when you come from that perspective, people feel it. The thing you have to remember, and we all have to remember, is that if someone shows up and they're, they're saying, hey, I'm interested in your product or service, like they've already opened the door. Like a lot of the things you're going to do aren't cold calling, right? Like you just have to put your flag up and start marketing in some ways, right? And people are going to raise their hand because we're going to show you how to identify the problem you solve. And they're going to sh- raise their hand and say, yeah, Aaron, solve that problem for me too. Whatever you're doing with Renee Beth, solve that problem for me too. The door is open and then you're going to sit down and have a conversation. Again, the conversation is like, Hey, Shelly, I have, you know, I have a couple of questions I want to ask you. I really want to understand your business and see if I can help you. If I can, I'll explain how we can move forward and decide 
what's best for you? How does that sound, right? Like that easy, that simple. And so to start to shift it to thinking of like a coaching conversation, like you're literally mm -hmm. coaching someone through the process and asking open-ended questions so they can make a decision. They get to choose. They're always in the driver's seat. And the truth is if they've made it that far and they've said yes to an appointment with you, they actually do want you to solve their problem. And then it's pretty easy after that. Mm -hmm. And so the, the new belief, instead of I'm a pushy salesperson, the new belief we get, we all get to move to is I am a professionally persistent problem solver. <laughs> and I add in the persistent because that's a piece that a lot of us resist, which is following up. And the truth is, even with someone who really wants what you have, Aaron, you might have to follow up five or more times. 85% right. of sales close after the fifth follow up. Unfortunately, 50% of us give up after the first one. We make up a story about them not being interested or it's not a fit. And then they either go with no one and keep suffering or they go with the next person who happens to stop by and say, here, I got this thing. And they're like, oh yeah. And they would have bought from you. So I want to check in. How does that like resonate or, yeah. or tell me what you, what I think that's like, that's sort of how I've been leaning already with like some of the calls I've already had. Like, because what I'm doing is sort of, you know, I, I help people with the technology piece of what they want to do. Um, and that's one of the problems I solve, right? It's like, it's overwhelming. There's a lot to think about and there's so many settings and like, I don't know how to make it work the way I want to. Right. But like the big thing that really makes me happy to help is that coaching piece because a lot of it is like from the strategy sort of field so that's how I already am approaching some of these conversations like oh what are you doing oh and you have this goal all right well here's how I can use these things that are available to me and so my skills like to integrate with that to help you reach that you know what I mean and I'm yeah. already I've already been like that for some people like um, I have a client who hasn't like you know, she wants to work with me. I'm on her team now. And, um, but she hasn't jumped into really getting things like actions from me, needing actions from me in terms of technology. And I'm there to be the brain to answer her questions right now before she like goes full throttle into it. And then I, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I think that's really great. Like to be conscious of that is like a huge gift, yes. right? Yeah. And then, and like in that moment, like that was, you know, and that was my first sales call with someone sitting down and I was like, how do I approach this to make sure that they don't think that I'm trying to pressure them into a sale, but also like, I just want to help, you know, help and see if I can solve a problem. And then, and then you see it as a win-win, right? Right. Instead yes. of, yeah. There's something awesome. about that, that I notice is, and I'm, it's about listening, Aaron, mm -hmm. and, you know, having been my admin support and you know it's like I wasn't even quite sure I don't know how you work with admins um, Ursula you say you have a lot of who's around you but you know when you somebody got you got someone who really wants to help you and you realize well I don't know even how to let go what I need to do in order for someone to help me yes <laughs> and Aaron has been really helpful because he's a great listener and you ask great questions and um, give good feedback like you know, you come from a sensitive way of being like somehow, I, I just want to say a lot of what I hear from Ursula is meeting people where they are and helping them take the next best step. You're building trust and confidence every step of the way. Yeah. Yeah. 
beautiful. That's great. Yeah. Well, this, you know, this conversation can go on. They're so rich. And I just love the dimensions of your relationship and how long the two of you have known each other. And, and it really feels reciprocal. So um, I wonder what each of you are taking away from the conversation. So I'll start with you, Ursula. Has anything affirmed, enlightened, or empowered you today on this conversation with Erin? Yeah. So first of all, Erin, you are super inspiring. I mean, I see what you're doing at 17 and it's like, it, you inspire me. I mean, your mom was showing me and I saw some posts about how fast you were knocking your business out and you were having sales calls without, without having had sales training yet. You're just willing to do it. And that's massively inspiring. So I want to thank you because I'm like, shoot, like, look at what Aaron's doing. Like I got to up my game, right? This guy just set up his business in 30 days. He's already having sales calls. He's already got Renee Beth as a client, like amazing, amazing. So I just want to say congratulations for kicking butt and taking names and you're inspiring people around you. And, you know, I'm wondering when you're going to write your book and like all the other things that are going to, you're going to be able to create. Um, Cause there's so much ahead for you. And the other thought I had was put like, you on my list real quick. Right yeah, now. please do. <laughs> please do. Like Amanda knows this about me. I sniff people's books out pretty quickly and then I have to send them to her, but you already know her. So, all right. Um, the other thing, the other thing I was sitting here thinking is, you know, it'd be really cool is if Luca hired your company to help him get his business launched. And if I could kind of step aside in some way. So you're also like, I see this whole, um, and Renee Beth, you know, so much kudos to you and what you're creating here, because why aren't we starting businesses in school, right? I, you know, why aren't kids, why don't we have that opportunity? In fact, I want to have a separate conversation with you at some point, about, you know, probably both of you about what, you know, the school Luca's at and like, how do we integrate some of these things? Cause I think it's a collaborative. It's not just me. Like, I don't want to be the one, like, I think we should do it. Right. I think we need, we need a team of who's that could start in different schools or wherever you're taking your genius genius for both of you. But anyway, so anyway, that sparked like, how cool would it be, Aaron, you know, for, you know, could, how does that work? Like, you know, if Lucas sets up his own business, can, could you have a division where he could hire you too? Like, I don't even know all, all that would work, but that's what sparked for me too. I could just see you guys having this really cool conversation, which he'd be like, mom, I told like, go stand over there. Like, I don't mind even be driving this. <laughs> I'm driving this boat. Aaron and I are doing yeah. this together. Um, get out of the way. So that sparked as wow. well. That's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? Um, what are you taking away that's, you know, affirmed, enlightened, or empowered you in this conversation with Ursula Menchas today? Well, um, first I want to say thank you and say like how much I think you've inspired me, especially like through our most recent conversations of just like how you like manifested like your life and how you've like just the way that you do things and the way that you give and the way that you also like take care of yourself, like that I hear and see and like, it's just so inspiring in terms of being like, you know, a young person, like, I feel like I can do anything when I'm with you. You know what I mean? Like, that's the kind of person that you are. Like, I feel like I could, you know, we could just like take over the world real quick. You want to do it go. in like 30 days? Let's go. I don't know. <laughs> and um, so thank you so much for being that in my life and sending me those awesome books that have really ch changed my beliefs. And I know that's, you know, what you were aiming for every Christmas, you know, for <laughs> listeners that don't know, she's always sent me 
something like a wallet or a book like science of getting rich and now it's napoleon hills um you know and i need to get to that next on my list and um in terms of specific things that i've gotten um the way that you see like energy money as energy and then it comes through you as a gift is so important and like to know that you feel that way like just reinforces that because that's kind of how my mom has started to see it like she's you know always had a battle with like money and how she sees it and how it comes to her and you know when we trust that we're being like taken care of with that energy and we're aligning ourselves with the world in a way that allows us to you know for that to come through is like so amazing and just the way that you say like it's a gift for you energy for you to turn into good and you know shape your life and the world is like yes where's your book on that I don't know if you've written one like just (laughs) on that but you could Mm -hmm. and um the other thing is like the um the purpose of being inside, you know, mm. guiding you, like, and bringing that into, like, what you're doing, um, it's such a cool awareness, like, I, we were just talking about with the, you know, like, the sales, I don't want to feel icky about that, like, that's obviously one of the things that got away, but, like, just the way that, especially you're bringing my mind to this kind of thing, and the, and the purpose being inside, just being conscious of that is going to help me like figure stuff out without being like, Oh, why did that work? I'm not sure. Like, why does that feel good to me or doesn't, you know, I can ask myself that question is what's inside pulling me to it. It's like, wow. Like I'm just going to do that for everything now, you know, (coughs) excuse me. And um, I hope that when you run for president of uh, the U.S. or the world, um, you'll invite me on your team because I'd love to be there. So, oh, Aaron, thank you. So beautiful. And you know what? I also want to just add is the things that you reflected back to me. Like we co-created this together, right? With the three of us, like we co-created. And I, and one thing I've been very clear on lately is just the journey. The journey we're on together. And when we get to have these conversations and we get to share space and containers that we are co-creating together. So, thank you for bringing these things through me and for the reflection back. And it's just an honor to know you. And now I'm thinking about the next book that I'm going to send mm. <laughs> um, to you. That's great. Well, I'd love to share some of the what I got today in terms of, um, and I know all of our listeners, I hope that you're taking some notes on this because there's a lot here. There's something about um, the way you see yourself and let's say the way you've had money come to you through your service of being intentional and allowing the, you know, seeing the signs around you, which you call synchronicity that there's magic, there's magic everywhere. When you're clear about who you are on the inside and you're bringing that out with like, I wonder what about this and what about that? And next thing you know, boom, it shows up, right? It's like that happens, but only when we become aware of it. So I think that's a big thing that Erin got. Also, I love the way you call yourself a professional persistent problem solver. Mm -hmm. That is what the world needs now. We keep talking about 21st century uh, skill sets. You know, what do we really need? And you were mentioning something about how could we support what youth really need today 
and I write a lot about that in my book, um, that, that the idea is the youth have a lot of the answers, but if we're not asking the questions, there's no place for them to engage. So when I'm inspired by what you're thinking about Luca and witnessing his genius at such an early age, at age seven, I think that's inspiring. And the fact that you're already thinking about a mentor for him that would be natural would be Aaron because he also at an early age had the opportunity. So it's like, if you're a, if you're a youth listening to this, realize that there are adults around you that want to know about how to be with this, have them listen to this podcast. <laughs> There's a lot of insight here that could straighten out a lot of tension about roles and ways to play to make the world a better place. It's just so much more fun doing it this way, Ursula. I wanna thank you. And today's conversation was just jam packed with wisdom and I wonder what all of our listeners are taking away. Um, but I wanna make sure that people know how to get in touch with Ursula Menches and Erin Johnson. Because Erin, you've got a new business and Ursula, you've got so much going on. Where can, let's start with you, Ursula. Where can people go to find you yeah. uh, and your offerings? Yeah, thanks so much for asking. I'm so grateful. Um, the easiest place is salescoachnow.com, which is going to be rebranded in the next few months, but it will still take you to my new website. And I also hang out on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, as you know, if you look, search for Ursula Mencius uh, and Sales Coach Now on those, you'll find me there as well. I'd love to connect. And your books can be found on Amazon. They're all on Amazon. That's the easiest way to get them. Okay, great. Thank all you. right, and Aaron, uh, with your new business. Uh, yeah, when you asked me this question, I think we've, you know, done, I've done two of these before this one. I was like, I don't have anything to plug. So, you know, just go limit potential, maybe connect with me there, but I guess I do now. Um, yeah, if you're, you know, interested in building an online community that, uh, integrates with your business and you know helps you get your favorite people like together and help transform them get them on their journey and then like just go from there create a container for all that to happen in one place caterbuilder.net it's like caterpillar but it's builder so c-a-t-e-r builder.net yeah perfect and also just to let people know that Erin is a founding member of the Youth Advisory Group for Living the Potential Network. And um, I wanna thank all of our listeners for tuning in today. I know you're leaving inspired and I'm sure you're gonna be looking forward to the next conversation. Thanks so much for being with us today. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and will join us for the next Bridging the Potential podcast. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and feel free to share it with any of your friends who you think might be interested in this particular episode. Maybe young entrepreneurs or just young people in general who are looking to take that next step into the world. And if you're interested in what we're doing here at Living the Potential Network, please visit our website, livingthepotential.com, and check out the first two chapters of Renee Beth's book for free, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World. Till next time.